everyone, and welcome to another wonderful edition of the Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities presents the Hometown Haunts podcast. I'm your host, Kat Loco. Tonight with me in the shadows are Christina Wald and Jen Kohler, and we have a wonderful special guest who I'll be introducing in just a moment. So, you know, like every week, we have our social media. So come follow us at Sin Cabinet Curio on Twitter, Cincy Cabinet of Curiosities on Instagram, and share your hometown haunts. It can be from anywhere in the world. And to send them to hometownhauntedmail at gmail.com. We're an official podcast as well on iTunes and SoundCloud. Find us on iTunes at Cincy Cabinet of Curiosities. Please rate and review us there and on YouTube so other spooky lovers just like you can find us and enjoy the podcast and be part of our community. So with that being all said, we have a really special guest this today. It's our first fantasy author, and I'm excited because I've known her I think well over a decade and I'm jazzed to the point where I'm shaking to have Chrissy on the show because she has a brand new book out. It came out just this last month and we're going to talk all about her writing process, what she does and some spooky or even spoopy stories from our past as ghost hunters. So I will read you her bio so you can go look for her books and find them on Amazon and then rate and review them because that's how the internet works now. So E. Chris Garrison, that's how you can find her, writes fantasy and science fiction novels and short stories. She is a founding member of the Speculative Fiction Guild. Chrissy's latest release is Trans Witch College of Secrets, which is set at a wizard school for the rest of us. Her transcontinental series is a steampunk adventure with a transgender woman as its protagonist. The series is set in one of the worlds in Chrissy's dimension-hopping science fiction adventure, Reality Check, Alien Beer, and Other Stories, a collection of her short stories, which was released in 2017. Her books are published through Silly Hat Books. Chrissy has two urban fantasy trilogies, Road Ghosts, and it's extremely excellent cover, and its companion series, The Tipsy Fairy Tales. She reads her stories on her Alien Beer podcast, which includes the Multiverse, Blue, Multiverse Blues and science fiction serial. Chrissy lives in Indianapolis, Indiana, with her wife and several cats. I am being outnumbered by cats with our guests on this show. She also enjoys gaming, sewing, and finding innovative uses for duct tape. <laughs> Keep up on all the latest news from her releases at sillyhatbooks.com. So welcome, Chrissy, to the show. It's good to see you, Kat. It's been a, been a little while. It has been a little while. We've all been locked up in our houses, but this gives us plenty of opportunity to write, create, and read, which is what we were talking about a little bit before the show. And your latest book is Trans Witch. A College of Secrets, which I've been thoroughly enjoying all weekend. It's been a wonderful read really late at night. And I love the story and how the magic system works and everything. So I'm hoping we can talk a little bit about that and what inspired you to write a trans witch story. I'm not sure I can tell that story. <laughs> well, maybe I will. <laughs> Try. I, 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 I won't name names. Certainly. That's fine. You don't need to name names. 
I mean, tea always works well on the internet, but we don't need to go there. Yeah. I just like it because as a fellow witch writer, like sorcery and witches and wizards writer and lover of all things occult and magic, mm-hmm. I enjoy your book because it has such a brilliant new take. Like I'm still jazzed about that library scene and how you managed to make magical the things that are mundane in our world now. I, I, uh, I had a lot of fun with the library and it's the thing that everybody, not everybody, but the, I've gotten more comments in the library than anything else. Um, and I, I, I just, I, I grew up loving libraries in the first place. So uh, what more magical place could there be at a wizard's college than, than the library? So um, did, did, did you get the terrible pun I made in there? I have, I, I'm going to admit, I only got halfway through the book. No, no, so just I've... in the, in, in, you've been to the library. So you've seen the, the tiny, tiny, almost microscopic fish. Fish. That, that form. Uh, um, the letters. Pictures. I missed the pun. It must have gone over my head. Microfish. Oh God, that's right. <laughs> Why did I forget that? It was great. I was just like, I was in bed last night. I'm like, ha ha ha. And it just kept and going, but you're right. The other multimedia required kindling to run. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> I liked the, the way the fire didn't burn. And yeah. also, so your main character is Lily, who we were talking about a little bit before the show is a middle-aged woman who f- discovers that she's a witch while trying to find her wife. And right. I have not solved the mystery yet. So okay. no spoiling. But I I have been enjoying the the adventure she's been on so far, and as a person who would be, you call in the story mundane, she's a really good voice for everyone reading the book because we're being experiencing all this for the first time too, and I liked her reaction to fire. <laughs> yeah, it was very very relatable. <laughs> well fire in a in a library seems like a bad idea but it's it, it's, it yeah. doesn't it, it's it's contained so and uh it, it produces um a multimedia experience I, I forget now i don't think she does she exp- she doesn't experience it till later i think there was a trial run where she falls in and sees the um constitution being signed okay that's when i was thinking of yeah 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 um so and she had a little vision while she was at it so yeah um i guess the um the 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 idea i had to write this came out of a place of frustration um i'm not going to name names but a certain very famous witchy author uh um well a wizardly author anyway uh has (laughs) been disenfranchising her uh readers, including me. Mm-hmm. I was a, yeah. uh, you know, even though I, I, I encountered uh, that series as a, uh, um, as an adult, I, I bought all the hardback books as they came out and I watched all the movies as they came out and found out later she doesn't uh, believe that I am a, a actual person worth, you know, worth rights and things. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, that upset me to know that I was not welcome in her wizardly school. Uh, after all mm-hmm. that, and uh, so I, I, I made some jokes about uh, on on my Facebook about um, about having a what what the kind of head explosion it would be would cause to have a, a, a trans wizard at that or a trans uh, magical person at that particular wizard school, 
and mm-hmm. uh, um, and I made some parody stuff that I that I got a huge reaction from my friends and and so forth from that I didn't expect. You know, it was like you know, like 120 likes in in a, in, a, in a day, and I wasn't I don't get that kind of uh, social media um, mm-hmm. explosion. So I. I everyone says you should write this like oh i can't write that gosh you know and then uh and then i i said okay i'm gonna write this and i sat down and um it was a really difficult time i wrote it in too so i put a lot of that energy into it the short version is that um in the very in the room across the hall is a small um is a small bathroom and the toilet exploded and flooded our house with uh uh, in kitchen with with And that was being worked on. The the place was being torn up, and and only just we only just fe- recently finished. Uh, well, not mm-hmm. finished, but got our kitchen back and everything. Uh, five months later, and, it looks uh, gorgeous now, though. Oh well, thanks. The new <laughs> We're really close to being done with the upstairs. The downstairs is another question that I don't want to think about right now. But yeah. I had all the the frustration from that and the election and and some other things going on. And I sat down and I wrote, and I lost myself in in the, the, the world of trans witch. And uh, mm-hmm. I tried as, as best I could to, to visualize a place that, um, that I could, you know, people like me could, could fit in. And mm-hmm. uh, m- mostly, th- you know, at first the idea was to thumb my nose at that particular uh, author, um, but it really, it went from a spiteful place to a more of a affirming place. I really wanted to write something, not just to be you know, crappy about it. Uh, I wanted to, um, I wanted to make a place that people like me would would feel welcome. And so, like I say, the, a, a wizard college for the rest of us. And uh, um, there, there's there's some there are some challenges that Lily has to face, um, but uh, it, overall, it's it's a it's more of a kind of place you'd like to be. Um, mm-hmm. Like, and and uh, I, I filled it with students that were. The kind of students that would have been um, probably rejected from that other other school. Um, yeah, but I love them. They're, they're some of my yeah. favorite characters, especially when they're introduced. Um, you did a really good job of describing how they looked and acted and related with one another, which some authors don't really do, which I, I really enjoyed that. Because as I was saying before the show, when I was reading your book, I think of everything in animations and I could very easily animate in my head, not only how they looked and spoke, but also related to the rest of the world. And that was great. I think you did a great job if you got other people to interpret what you were saying. So yay, cheers to you. I didn't directly base it on any particular people I know, but I do know I'm, you know, thanks to Facebook, I, I'm in circles that have younger people and younger, n- younger nerdy queer people that that really uh, make me happy that they're they exist. And you know, I, I I'm I'm just cheering for them, wishing in some ways that I'd grown up in that that accepting of a time, you know. Compared oh yeah, to, it's you know. grown up so much just in the past decade. Oh yeah, because you and I, we both go to conventions. You go to Gen Con a lot. Yeah, maybe not this year. I'm not sure. Well, not yeah. We're, last year, this yeah. past it was a mulligan. This 2020, like I, I just know. said goodbye to all of my conventions I went to. I'll have you know, I've been to every Gen Con. Well, no, I, I missed two Gen Cons from 1987 till 2019. That's it, and then, then I missed yeah. 2020. Uh, and um, 
I don't have a lot of excuse for missing it now since I since I moved to Indy, but um, yeah, it was my favorite convention. It was the only convention I went to for a really long time. It's a, I hear it's a good convention. I have still yet to go there. It's but so huge. Every year so I say, this is too many people. I'm never going to go again. And then every year I go back anyway, except for, of course, pandemic time. So <laughs> I wonder what percentage of Indiana, like Gen Con makes up in that one weekend it happens. Well, I think that they have a, they, they have something, uh, there are different numbers that they use. I think it's definitely over 60,000 attendees. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's the size of like Lafayette. Oh, <laughs> all in one place. Or, or the population of IU Bloomington. Uh, oh. you know, the students in IU. At, at so IU. you have a bunch of other wonderful stories. Now road ghosts I'm interested in because we are very much a paranormal themed. Yay. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, a paranormal themed podcast. Can you tell, a, just give our audience a brief summary of what Road Ghosts is? Like um, what it's about? Yeah. Um, do you want it from a, okay, from a reader point of view, I'll tell you that first. And then I'll tell you, if you don't mind, I'll tell you how the origin of Road Ghosts. But, yeah. Um, uh, because they kind of tie into what you, to our history too. Yeah. Um, the um, the the road ghosts is, it started with two words: um, uh, haunted road trip, and um, <laughs> and I'll get to why later. But um, the the very first book in it's the road ghost is actually three books and a short story. Well, there's other short stories that are not included, but um, um, the, and they were named after Robert Johnson's songs, uh, Four Till Late." Uh, sinking down and and uh, being the devil, and they're about a bunch of friends. Four of them. Uh, <laughs> um, well, there's more than that. There's an extended family of friends um, that that get pursued or are pursuing uh, uh, ghosts and ghouls. And there's demonic possession. And uh, gosh, uh, th there's plenty of of supernatural stuff going on there it's kind of like scooby-doo scooby -Doo meets supernatural as, as i like mm -hmm. to say um it's it's grown-ups on a road trip and they're, they're initially just going to have fun in new orleans uh over over, over a break or, or over they're, they're beyond school but you know they're they're just running away to 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 go see the the big easy and uh along the way all kinds of crazy um haunted things happen to them and the plot thickens as they go and uh, and then some of the things that happen in that book come back to haunt them. And while they kind of haunt, they kind of it's kind of like the 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 haunted haunted strikes back in the second book in that they they uh, they they have a they have a little ghoul who is who is uh, a, a former human who has she's she's uh, like a preteen who has lost. Uh, lost most of her soul and they're trying to she's a lost soul and she they they're trying to save her from somebody who wants to capitalize on her and um so when she gets kidnapped they have to go running after her and they end up they end up at a uh, paranormal convention uh that i made up uh. and uh, <laughs> uh and there's a lot of running around like that and there's some uh confrontations and all and then and the third book actually is the first one I get more into actual ghost hunting like you and I have done mm -hmm. um, which I'll get to that too because I'll probably tell the real life story out of that I fictionalized in in there but um, nice yeah uh, so the the history the really 
if you don't mind me blabbing on some more but the no you're fine the road coast comes from a really personal place um my uncle chuck was uh um was like a cousin to me he was only five years older uh, he was the youngest of my grandma's uh kids and um 19 years younger than my mom and uh um and we we grew up together and I kind of idolized him even though he was kind of kind of a troublemaker and you know kind of crass and you know he's just he it was a front he put on he just liked making people laugh and uh um but he was a lot smarter than he let on he liked to be uh, um like to pretend that he was you know kind of your redneck type but he wasn't he was he, his bookshelves were full of of very intellectual things that I even I I read a lot of trash but <laughs> but uh um Anyway, uh, Chuck ended up uh, dying young at, in 2007. And uh, I was by his bedside for the last week of his life. And uh, one of the things about Chuck was that he was a writer in his spare time. He idolized um, Hunter S. Thompson as from, the, from the Rolling Stones, mm-hmm. uh, as Rolling Stone magazine. And, and he, he used to, um, uh, call him Self Gonzo sometimes as a uh, as a moniker because that's what um, Hunter Thompson's nickname was Gonzo, mm-hmm. and so I made a Gonzo character. Well, I, I'm, I'm skipping ahead too much. I had this all this grief in October of 2007 after my uncle passed, and uh, it I did my I decided that I'd been putting off for years in Chuck's honor since he was a writer and never got published um, that I would write my first book uh, during National Novel Writing Month. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought, what am I going to write it about? And they say, write things you know. And so I, at the time, I was still part of uh, a ghost hunting group. Uh, can we say the name on the on here? I don't know. Do they still exist? I think they may in some small way. Okay. So look. we'll just say, yeah. So sorry, Christina. We're going to make you edit. We're just going to make you edit all this out. Well, the, the most pop at the time, the most popular ghost hunting group, and maybe the only a ghost hunting group in indiana uh and uh, I think they were the only at the time well, okay gonna... not by 2007 but when amy and i joined in 2003 yeah um, we'll just we'll just gloss over their name and say we were part of a paranormal team somewhere in indiana expand the expand the state but uh um our chapter was based in, in indianapolis and uh, uh i was and then we moved we we worked we since Lafayette needed some officers, we went there for a while because we had friends up there. Um, but uh, like I say, we, we were, Amy and I, my, my wife Amy and I were hunting ghosts um, from 2003 to tw- 2010. And, but by 2007, we were old hands at it. And so I thought, I wanna write about ghost hunting. And, and I, but I wanted to do a fictional version. And, and I, I wanted to do something to honor my my, my late uncle and and he and I used to take all these road trips we would he wanted to show show me you could have fun you know even on on no budget and just take off just get in your car and go and uh, have adventures and those were a different kind of adventures so I thought the t- two kinds of adventures I know anything about and so I made a haunted a book about a haunted road trip um, and uh, that was for till late and um, I thought that would be it. I would have checked off that box. I've written a book. I'm done. I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, and I was going to self-publish so that, um, so that I could say, uh, there you go, Chuck. I published a book, right. <laughs> in, in your honor, you know. And well, then I started. Then I had a, a dream about the characters set that the following <laughs> summer, and said, no, oh. no, no, this has to be another book. So that sinking down was the second book got written, 
And I thought, well, it can't stop with two. There has to be a trilogy. I'm terrible about trilogies. Um, and so we ended up with uh, um, um, Me and the Devil the third year. So um, now in the first two, it's completely fictional as far as ghost stuff goes. It's, you know, it's there's demonic possession and then, like I said, a ghoul. And uh, yeah. In, in the third one, I decided to go back to my my ghost hunting roots, and I talked about some places I'd actually been, and I, I exaggerated in some cases, and some of, sometimes it was verbatim to get pretty much what had happened while I was there. So yeah, that's what we totally do. The Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosity started out the comics anthology that this podcast is a spinoff of was just me telling ghost stories about weird places I had visited with the Cincinnati comics group whenever we'd meet up over drinks. We we would do a drink and draw and just kind of like with your um, speculative speculative fiction guild. Um, Wow. (laughs) What was that? Anyway, (laughs) um, like you do beta reading of all of each other's stuff. This is what we do, but it's just all comics and so everyone was like hey those are interesting stories do you want us to tell them too and i'm like sure so that's how we got the cabinet of curiosities going so i really love that just taking from ghost weird ghost stories now the third book is that your hannah house story don't think i have no i have a great hannah house story and you said um you said you wanted to hear a, a hometown yeah. story so that would be yeah. the best one i don't yeah. Well, yeah, the the place I went is included in the other place that I'm not sure I should. I can talk about it now. There's, it's anyway. I'll get to that. We can always blurp it out. So, well, yeah, it's because Christina, these are not live. Christina edits them out so yeah. that we sound great. I'll, like I'll we sound good story. now, but she makes us sound great. So I'll tell that story by itself, so it can be xed out if it's probably if it's not a good idea but okay um, the the indianapolis story if you want me to tell one um yeah. is not included in uh, as, a, as a fictionalized uh version but um because it's not a, it's not going to make as much but the, the methods are, are used in there so mm-hmm. um what we we were in a room with another ghost hunter um at the hannah house it was broad daylight um and uh Uh, I'm going to tell this out of chronological order, but um, just because it's more fun that way. Um, And Amy had just gotten, she liked gadgets, which was funny because I was usually the gadget person, but she liked ghost gadgets. And so she had a digital compass. The digital compass was like you have in your car. It tells you what direction it's pointing. And uh, she was looking at it and I was recording with a video. uh, 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 H. I, don't, I, I shouldn't th- worry about it too much, but a, the, a, 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 a digital video camera that was going to digital tape, you know? and Yeah, like a handy cam. Yeah, but I mean, anybody's phone can do that now. But yeah, you know, it, was a, um, it was a Sony uh, DV, something like that. So, mm-hmm. and, but I was looking through the lens, looking around and, and uh, um, all of a sudden I see the, the battery on it just dropping, you mm-hmm. know, the, the, and uh, moments later, Amy um, says, um, oh, what's the language level on this? Uh, you could, do I have to censor my word? It, we can censor. We can. Um, it, it's fine. Amy says, Amy says, what the hell? Because her, her compass, we find, she said later, her compass had turned from north 
east in in a, all at once and it was not being yeah. tried, nothing was near it and uh, uh the other guy in the room the guy in the room um uh he his compass uh his, his magnetic compass uh, the needle kind that we usually mm -hmm. have uh, also turned uh, abruptly mm -hmm. at the same time and uh so we had you know three things happen at once which is good evidence for a ghost hunter not necessarily a campfire spooky story but uh, um but we had one more piece of evidence when we reviewed the the videotape later on the yeah. videotape there was a or maybe it was on the a voice recorder one of them had keep away uh whispered oh. at the exact time because right after it says keep away amy goes what the hell so it was exactly at the time that, that, that we all three saw something happen so wow the best what room were you in the hannah house it was just one of the front rooms the um mm. there's a um it, it, as you go in it's the one to the right um you know it's like a parlor room space. isn't it yeah it's yeah. kind of a parlor I'm, I'm trying to picture what was in the room to um but yeah it's it's one of the rooms right off of the the hallway yeah like hannah house is a really interesting place for those who don't know because we have some listeners that don't live in the midwest um it is is it george hannah built it did i get that name did i just pull I, it out of the ether a while. Uh, yeah it, it's a, a, a just an italian style house but it's notable because it was on the underground railroad and um so you have a lot of spooky things happen there one of the legends states that one night there was a group of uh, escaped slaves that were in the basement. They were sleeping on hay. Somebody accidentally kicked over an oil lamp and the entire basement caught on fire. Several of the members of the party died and they're buried in the basement floor. So they had to hide them because it was the underground railroad. Yeah, you had to hide them because, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that's some of the principal ghosts i think the hannahs also haunt the place um when i was there i did a very brief investigation and we had the baby bassinet in the nursery started swinging on its own and yeah. then in the basement we heard somebody crying like a bemo like a moan mm. that wasn't a member of our group so that that was it's good evidence because we collected it. The we got the bassinet swinging on camera. We heard the moan. We got it on tape. But like you said, it's not exactly spooky campfire stories. But it's good evidence for us that are collecting evidence of the unknown. I guess. Yeah. The only direct thing I had happen there uh, was also in that time period. We were going to be the the. I'm going to blurt out the name of the group and not mean it. But the uh, the group we were doing, we we were a part of, was going to do a sort of fundraiser by doing a haunted tour of the of the in house at um, around Halloween. And it wasn't later on; those became jump out and go boo sort of uh, haunted house. But we we were actually telling people real stories and uh, mm -hmm. um, showing real evidence and real history, and uh, which I guess is not as sensational as 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 jump out and go boo with a chainsaw but you know uh <laughs> for us it was better at the time i like um, it more i, I like did. true history more but well, my job in that was to show off the 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 gadgets the equipment we used and so i had mm -hmm. cases of equipment i in either hand going up the stairs during the day while people were talking in the next room about planning and it, you know we were getting ready to to do it for the first time and so i it was it was you know, again, broad daylight, I walked up the stairs. And as I walked up the stairs, something said in my right ear, go away. 
And I thought <sighs> it was one of the other people in the in the group messing with me. And there, one, but I looked back and there wasn't anybody there. I put the cases down up to the top of the stairs, went back downstairs and looked around and nobody was near there. And then I got the chills. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was just, you know, it's, it's common to, to, to mess with people while they're uh, yeah. ghost hunters. You, you, you do, you have a lot of jokes about that, you know, like yeah. no human would stack books that way or something, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah. I had a, a real, a, a real experience and didn't, discounted i discounted it as it was happening and then realized later no that was real (laughs) yeah that's pretty common i think with all of us is is just to go huh and then we're like oh (laughs) (laughs) yeah um the other thing about i can tell is that when my first visit there was with a couple of people who wrote a book about in uh haunts in indian indianapolis that i don't know if i can mention but uh i i I mean, I guess I could. Uh, There's so many books. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, Laurie and Carrie were, were my couple of my mentors, and uh, they have a a book I'd have to Indianapolis hauntings or Indianapolis ghost. Oh, it's the Ghost Hunter's Guide to Indianapolis. But uh, oh, okay. they they had not written that book yet. Not even not for a few years later. But um, we were there. Amy and I were there with with them on our first visit to Hannah House, and we went in the basement, and. Uh, one of them says to the other, isn't, and we were recording at the time, uh, was, isn't this where you got that find me? And because uh, um, apparently they'd gone there before and done a, a recording and then on the, they had an EVP electronic voice phenomenon of, of a voice going find me. And when we played ours back seconds before she said that there was a find me. And uh, it was like, find me. And then isn't this where you got the find me? It was the weirdest thing because wow. it was, it was, the timing was just eerie. Were one of them a medium? No, neither or, one. Okay. Well, they never they claimed just, to be. Yeah. Hmm. Um, they, they were, That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't think we, at the time, we, <clears throat> at the time we didn't have any real mediums in the group. Um, we just, the, well, not, I mean, I'm sure everybody had a little bit of a, uh, you know, some people had their stories about, but nobody, nobody, you know, hung their hat on that it wasn't their thing but right right those two didn't uh, they were they were more about okay. taking pictures and looking at them yeah yeah um, um those are those are a couple of my local ones uh, the other one do you want one more i, I uh, yeah oh i will take as many as you will serve i well, love ghost you, stories this is the one you might clip out um, okay at the time we said we would never tell anyone about it so um, uh-huh. but i i the i'm pretty sure that the people who were there don't work there anymore and the place well the place is central state uh, oh so, yes and uh, i don't think central state exists anymore doesn't really they're knocking it down to put up condos or maybe the condos yeah are, and there, there's a police uh horse uh barn there or something like that okay and, i know so, the the medical museum for iu is in one of the old buildings yeah that's unless they've there. moved but no, I, I think they're still there Although, yeah, and um, so we were invited on the sly to come ghost hunt there. Um, and they, one of the security guards had said we could do it and they gotten permission for us. And so mm-hmm. um, we, we had a good time um, exploring um, the administration building, which I know that's knocked down 
um, mm -hmm. and the some of the tunnels, and those were super scary. And uh, and one of the dorms uh, that we came up from the tunnels into one of the dorms, which would have otherwise been blocked off, and the powerhouse, which was a ru a ruin at the time, mm -hmm. even. So um, and uh, what did Amy get? Um, oh yeah, we were in the administrative building, and. Uh, uh, it was pretty early in our career as ghost hunters and uh, Amy was doing the um, doing audio digital audio recording and uh, we, when we played it back later the someone says um, that door that says keep out just makes me want to go in there more and then right next to the mic like really close to the mic uh, you hear why and uh <laughs> Amy played this for me uh, before bed and I was, you know, was, <laughs> you know, and, and I was just, you know, got the goosebumps. I didn't even get the goosebumps thinking about it now. And yeah. I'm just about to sleep and Amy leans over and goes, why? And I said, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> oh, that's mean. It was our first good EVP, really. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, the, that that was a weird night and I don't remember all of it because it's been a long time. That was 2003. Oh, um, wow. And so we couldn't talk about it for a long time because we weren't supposed to. And yeah, I, I just think that the statute of limitations has probably expired on that. And I'm not naming probably. names. Probably. Um, yeah. So <laughs> the, the group we went is disbanded and, and the, um, the I don't think that the people could have a job there anymore because it's not yeah it doesn't exist exist anymore so yeah it's it's kind of sad to see that bit of indiana history get torn down but i could totally see why they do it from a safety standpoint at the same time because th there are no funds to rehab all those buildings like you have to take asbestos out and the lead and all that stuff and that's expensive and time consuming oh, yeah. No way, yeah. So, All that stuff was the latest stuff built there was in in the early eighties. So yeah, and, so. and they didn't even have any you know asbestos kind of laws by then. I don't think. Yeah, no, mm -mm. it was a free for all. Yeah. <laughs> Lead paint. Let me just drink that by the gallon. Uh, my uncle, my not my, not the uncle I mentioned, but a different uncle, uh, curmudgeonly uncle would would say, "Oh, we used to we used to have it raining down on the ceiling on our sandwiches, and we ate them anyway." You know, from where he's, you know, asbestos isn't a problem. You know, so <laughs> so yeah. no. Um, mm -hmm. And now we've got all those mesothelioma ads on TV. Yeah. Do you or someone you love have mesothelioma? And call this number and you can be part of this class action lawsuit. Right. Yeah. The other oh, man. thing at Central State was we found the the site of a, a, of a, of a cemetery that it, 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 you can, you can, I mean, that, that was no, it was an open secret. Um, they had just moved the, the tombstones somewhere else, but they left the graves there. And because oh. there were all these sinkholes, you know, where the graves had been, you know, you could just, if you looked at it from a distance, especially when the, there was some frost on the, uh, on the grass, so you could see where it dipped easier. Oh man. And, and but we found there were all these mole holes and somebody actually found bits of like a knuckle bone, a human knuckle <gasps> bone. Um, wow. And, I don't know that that's a story I shouldn't tell. Um, what did uh, you do with it? Someone in the group took one home, and, <gasps> uh, and I was I was kind of horrified. And uh, um, and uh, the um, the person reported being 
just mercilessly haunted at, at, at their house. And they were quick too. And their they had just put it in like a curio box in their closet. And uh, um, the husband, um, oh crap, well, okay, she, uh, uh, <laughs> well, the, the, right. group most, the group was mostly women anyway, but the, uh, okay. the husband just made her take it back. She took it back to the, to the grounds and, 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 and said, I'm sorry, okay. And the haunting stopped. But uh, I wrote a story, a short story um, about that, that was from the ghost's point of view. And no, the ghost that's has a good point of view. Yeah, the ghost had agoraphobia in life and that was why they were at Central State and ah. uh, in, in like the 50s. And so I have, I have the ghost talking from that point of view being that age. And uh, it was one of my stories in, the, in my short story collection, but it's called yeah. A Bone to Pick. And it's talking about how they wanted to go home. And so they were just going to make their life miserable until they took her home. You know, the ghost, home, ghost uh, bone home. So. I like that. That's a good story. Yeah. Well, with that, I think I'll bring in Christina and Jen so we can add more to this conversation. Christina, Jen. Oh, all right. Gosh. A really interesting discussion about all the yeah. ghost hunting and your uh, Gen Con and convention experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to go to Gen Con more in the 90s. I haven't gone really since... I think the last Gen Con I went to was the early 2000s. And now lately, if I go to Gen Con, I just meet some artists for dinner. I don't actually go to the show. Oh. <laughs> I've never been. I've oh, heard it of is, it, but it I've is never really been. cool. I mean, I love to game. I mean, I, now mostly, well, I say mostly tabletop, but um, I also play D&D every week too. So, but. And it's nice it's here in Indy with me, but I, I kind of sometimes miss the road trip up to Milwaukee. So, I really liked it in Milwaukee. It was a lot of fun. And also the Mars Cheese Castle is along the way. So <gasps> that sounds it was fun. an essential part of any Gen Con trip back then. Yeah, it was kind of <laughs> it was kind of fun when it was in Milwaukee. Um yeah, the, Did those, you ever those, go those... to the spy bar? Yes, that was really fun. Yeah, uh, uh, safe house was what it was called. Yeah, the safe house, right. And it was all like 60s spy themed and had yeah, big had walls and, and, and there was like a door in the bathroom that you could accidentally get outside <laughs> like it was to get into this bar you had to have the the safe for you had to have the password and so they had it and of course this was before like the prevalence of cell phones and ease you know so you didn't have a lot of this but you would be uh they would make you do a trick right they made you do something and it was on closed circuit tv yeah closed circuit tv and everybody in the bar was watching (laughs) it was really fun it was, it was a great place. Oh, that's funny. I they had an alibi phone that could do different sound effects. Well, you know, like, so you, you'd call someone on the, on the, that looked like a payphone, and then I mean, it was a payphone, but you could hit like sirens or gunfire or whatever, and it would put it in the background. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, that was a lot fun. of fun there. Um, I don't I know don't if I exists, but it, it was it, the sign outside in the alley says international imports and exports. And you had to know that certain letters were capitalized and they spelled out safe house. And that was the password. password. Oh, fun. If you didn't know that, they'd make you do tricks. So, I, you know, I think it was still around till recently. It's hard to say what survived COVID. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, I mean, a place like that's not going to survive like on takeout service or anything. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to imagine like you trying to pick up your food and like, what's the safe word? And you're like, 
I'm hungry. <laughs> Feed me, Seymour. Feed me. At your head. You know, balance yeah. on one. Dang it. I just want my food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I, you know, it certainly is a really cool location. I, I think the the convention center's a bit bigger, right? Is that? I don't know why they had decided to move. I can't remember what the yeah, reasoning was for them to. It was not just the convention center, but the a lot more hotel space in Indy. Um, mm -hmm. It just got, just outgrew Milwaukee, and they couldn't keep up. They even expanded the convention center in in Milwaukee a few years before Gen Con left, but it just wasn't enough, especially with oh, wow. hotel space to to accommodate mm -hmm. but i mean there, there's i mean it, it's only grown since it's coming the first year was maybe a little bit fewer people but the after that it's only grown by leaps and bounds so it's it's mm -hmm. like i say every year i say it's getting too big i can't go anymore there's no way i'm too i'm an introvert i get i get uh i get a freak out in crowds you know it's it's but gen con's when the, sort of been the exception to that in general but there have been a couple of times in the last i don't know five years that i've been um I've, I've just felt like it was too much and, mm -hmm. and and i'll forget about it and i'll go go back to gen con again and then i'll get i'll go oh yeah this is why i wasn't gonna go <laughs> yeah you could get almost claustrophobic from the amount of crowds that there are well on thursday they open the the, the great hall the dealer room into well, room it's like a dealer stadium um yeah. it's, all, it's all of the um banquet rooms that are put together it's, it's like mm -hmm. a cross or something like that but uh um they open they open the doors to that after the opening ceremonies and let everybody in. Well, we always, we've always called it the cattle call, but it used to be kind of a ha ha. There's hundreds of us here, and then it became you know thousands of people mm -hmm. crowding in at once. And I, I got a while ago. I mean, I don't know, five years ago, I tried to cross behind there at the wrong time, uh, it just before opening, and it suddenly crowded in to the point where I couldn't just not go in. It wasn't that just I couldn't go anywhere. I was actually pressed up against a wall. Whoa! And and, mm -hmm. and I, I was just about ready to you know start screaming because it was it was so, you know, kind of crowd claustrophobic. It's and, intimidating. And then they opened the doors and things eased, and I got the <laughs> hell out of there. So it was, yeah, it was it was, yeah. But I mean, as long as you know where to stay away from it at certain times, it's mostly okay. But the halls could be really crowded. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I and think that's happened. Really to a lot of conventions. I mean, you know, it's it's interesting because conventions, um, like, wouldn't you say, like, in the early 90s, it kind of felt like science fiction conventions were dying. Like, you know, and I was talking to a friend about this because, you know, you'd be there and they were tinier and tinier and it was just a small group of people. And now it's like, it's suddenly like blown up in pop culture again, which is really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I, I, I think that's great. You know, a lot of my students, you know, I teach illustration at NKU, play D&D. &D, and even in the 90s, you know, D&D &D was, was not as popular. All the other games, like, of course, the big thing was, was, was the vampire games. You know, yeah. all, of, all of White Wolf's offerings and stuff, um, you know, and collectible card games. But, you know, it's, it's been really interesting to see this resurgence in Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, I used to do artwork for Dragon Magazine and stuff. And so it's fun. Oh, wow. I'm, 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 I'm going to fangirl over you. <laughs> <laughs> I have in my closet a, a few feet from me, a box of, of Dragon Magazines from, uh, from issue 63 three to like 113 oh I, I, wow, I, I cool. them every month uh, as a teenager you know uh -huh. and uh, um and i i one of the more proud ones i was my brother was actually published in one of them oh writing oh, or nice. art 
as as an article, he he did a mm. an extension to second edition thief characters called the Thief Acrobat, and uh, that was the cover story for one of them. Um, he didn't know it was going to be the cover story, but I, I'm not sure they did either. I think they might have said, you know, let's make this one the one on the cover, and they had artwork done and all that. And um, I would say I'm surprised that they don't have Dragon Magazine anymore, but. I suppose what's taken place of it is like Facebook groups and and D and D Beyond and all that stuff. I mean, a magazine is really an antiquated concept anymore. People don't really buy paper magazines anymore. They turned it into a um, an online magazine for a little bit, and then they turned it into sort of subscription content for a while. And then I don't know if it still exists, honestly. So, yeah, I, I, I think, think it's the times have changed. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably but, what it, what it evolved into. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's sort of the times have changed and how people consume that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and obviously Critical Role has really gotten a lot of young people energized. You know, yeah, stuff. I, I actually haven't seen Critical Role, um, but I, I do listen to some podcasts that do actual play role playing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. One called Roll Up, this is, this is being recorded on International Women's Day. So uh, I'll mention Yes, that's true. Uh, yeah. a, a podcast I was listening to for a long time, D&D actual play c- podcast called uh, Roll Like a Girl, um, mm-hmm. which was all, all women playing, playing D&D 5th edition. Um, mm-hmm. They're on hiatus at the moment because COVID, but well, I mean, they don't have to because they're all recording, but they, they, they I think they got COVID burnout like a lot of us. And uh, yeah, um, but they recorded, you know, years of stuff. So mm-hmm. that was a lot of fun. And I, I listened to the Unexplored Places, which is another actual play but it's not D. it's um mm-hmm. it's the um monster of the week is is one of the games they play mm-hmm. what's your what's your gaming obsession are you rpg are you are, are you more into card games or are you into tabletop like what's your thing tabletop stuff um mm-hmm. especially tabletop uh role-playing games but i haven't played any for a while because my gaming group hasn't gotten together and they they sucked at doing it online so uh, we were we really haven't well, I mean, we tried to do it. We we tried to get on Zoom like this and and uh, and do role playing games, but everyone was like, "I'm I am retired. I cannot I cannot play." And, and and they oh, no. and we would just share we would share YouTube videos instead, you know. And, that, <laughs> and that's it was about like sitting around a room with our phones and going, "Hey, look at this." And, um, and then, it turned into a watch party. Yeah, it was exactly like that, but it wasn't even that organized. And we tried oh. a couple of times to do some like Jackbox games and it, it just ended up that none of us had the energy for it. And mm-hmm. several of us were in Zoom meetings all day at work and didn't want to Zoom anymore. And some of us were just demoralized and didn't want to, you know, didn't want to put energy into online socializing. And I don't know, just games apparently weren't what my group wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm hoping eventually we'll get back together, um, or I'll make an uh, I'll, I'll have another group. I don't know. I'm trying to get something together right now. Oh, have you ever heard of a game called Traveler? Mm-hmm. I, 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 have... I did. I did some artwork for Challenge Magazine back in the day, and I did a cover oh, for ooh. Traveler. This is the old '80s. Oh, so wow. you must like you must like tables and rolling dice and <laughs> statistics. <laughs> Yeah, I like I like dice. Um, I, that one's not. I don't think Traveler was so bad with with that. Um, Traveler is a pretty serious, di- you know, um, it's a role playing game with lots of tables, and when I mean yeah. tables, like anything that can happen is a die roll. 
Kind of, yeah. I mean, all the, uh, especially the character creation takes forever that way, but it's, it's sort of like a flow chart. But mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. um, I even. So, so what is your favorite game system? I know we're getting off paranormal and we'll get back onto that. Um, it's uh, fine. You know, I, I grew up with, with D&D, of course, and I played first, second, third, and some fifth edition. <laughs> I, I, I tried, I tried fourth and hated it, but. Uh, Everybody um, hated fourth. No, I knew people who loved the number crunching. It was, but it cried out to be computerized. It really was trying uh, a tabletop game trying to imitate uh, um, like World of Warcraft, uh, but mm. not realizing. I mean, I don't know if they realized the burden of, of like math they were putting on people and the sheer number of lookups for everything. It was just too much. Combats took forever. So, and I, I like story focused games these days more. Um, fewer die i mean i love die rolling dice but fewer die rolls less math more story so i like the mm -hmm. some of the like i said the the powered powered by the apocalypse games like um like monster of the week and i played some masks um and i, I like a i like a silly game i have a hard time to get anyone to play it but there's this role-playing system called risis that uh um that's it, it's very simple you can make a character in like 30 seconds you just list a few cliches and assign some dice to them and you're done the whole rule system is six pages long it's it's um mm -hmm. i love small rules like that i have a i have, a, have an elderly a web page from the dawn of the web that i've been maintaining uh since like 93 that oh, wow. uh, has free role-playing systems on it. a couple of them are mine um they're just they're off the cuff, you know, thing beer and pretzels kind of games. Oh, I know what I really like lately is the, uh, have you heard of the lasers and feelings? No, so no. There's a, there's a one page role-playing game called lasers and feelings. And there's a, there, there's a girl band, uh, well, not girl band, uh, a, um, I don't know how to call them, a, a sibling band uh, that uh, called the double clicks that, that do, do geeky, uh, uh, silly, funny, not always, not always funny. Sometimes serious, geeky music, and uh, they had a song called "Lasers and Feelings." Uh, uh, you've got lasers, and I've got feelings. I can't think of the rest of the words, but uh, the the idea is it's about uh, someone who's in love with a, a mad scientist, and uh, um, and uh, the this the game was in honor of that song, and it's it's actually more about like Star Trek or or something like that, where it, it's it's you either you have one stat. And that, that, that is a number between two and five. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, when you, um, uh, you either, if you wanna do something that's lasers uh, related, like technical, you know, like fixing the warp core or something like that, you wanna roll under your number or no, you wanna, <clears throat> yeah, you wanna roll under your, your yeah, your number or lower. And if you want to do feelings type things, which would be like, you know, f punching people out, trying to seduce someone, that kind of thing, um, you would do, you want to roll over your number. And and so that stat, you know, just says which way on the lasers or feelings slider you are. And that's mm -hmm. the rules. And if you roll exactly your number, you get to ask the GM a question and they have to oh. answer. And so you can like solve things in the middle and you can change your action if you roll your laser feelings, you know, if you've got exactly on. And there's hundreds of, of variations of this game. Mm -hmm. um, I even wrote one and it's called, Ooh. It's you may recognize where I got it from, you know, it, it's kind of obscure, but I called it uh, uh, hunting things, saving people. 
<laughs> may guess where I where it's what it's based off of. Mm. <laughs> and uh, um, saving people, hunting things. That's right. Uh, and uh, <laughs> not, not saving things, hunting people. You know, but, uh, um, <laughs> that'd be more your up your alley. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. I'm going to the convention this year. Damn it! If they don't reschedule it oh again. Gosh. I got my Jared and Jensen picture photo op. I want that Jared and Jensen hug. Damn it. Man, that's, that's <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, it, it's it's a game that they, they there's even a, a golden uh, slash girls game. Oh, where hilarious. You are either golden or you're, oh, you've got a cat coming. Down yeah, there. that's Miffy. Yeah. She's, our, she's our calico. I guess it's pretty obvious. Um, <laughs> we, but uh, I love those little mm-hmm. hacks because they're, one of them is called Oh dang! Bigfoot stole my car with my best friend's birthday present inside. That's the name <laughs> of the game, and and it's it's a kind of a buddy road trip, goofy movie kind of uh, uh, scenario. And you, you uh, but in all these, it's just the one stat, and you you it, so anybody can learn it, and 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 you just you have certain things that just let you roll more dice to get, you know. Mm-hmm more successes or you know, all that so it, i like it because it's a simple sit down nobody has to you know pour through rule books and you don't have to do mm-hmm. a lot of number crunching you have to get higher than the number or you don't or exactly mm-hmm. on so mm-hmm. there's like one table <laughs> well i fear i've gotten us really off on a gaming oh. tangent uh, so i guess we can what get- happens when you got a bunch of nerd girls around we're yeah, going to talk about conventions and gaming. Yeah, she, she, she was just holding up a book. So my Blue talk. Spirit book, my, my, my uh, Tipsy Fairy Tale books have as a gamer girl as the main main character. And in fact, the nice. second book takes place at Big Con, which is basically Gen Con. Well, it is Gen Big Con. Con. But I, I filed off the serial numbers. And it's, it's Big Con. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it really is a Big Con. So, I mean, that's, that's not an exaggeration <laughs> at all. Um, so, well, Chrissy, do you self-publish all of your books? These days, I Are, do. Um, okay. I I uh, have been with a couple of other small press publishers, and um, one of them, the we had an initial contract for a certain amount of time that ran out, and I decided not to renew. Um, mm-hmm. I really like the that publisher, though, so I don't I don't want to sound like I have any bad blood. But the the new contract wasn't as beneficial to me as the other one, and I thought okay. I could do better on my own. Um, okay. And the other publisher had some bad press, so I moved my books elsewhere. So, yeah. um, so I'm not mentioning pub- publisher names, but um, yeah, every as of early last year, everything um, I, I got the rights back to everything of mine and, and put it back oh, up. Good, good, and, nice. And uh, they're available uh, on Amazon. I got I got my copy and, of Transwitch off of Kindle. I think some mm-hmm. of them are paper. Mm-hmm books are even on um some of them are on barnes and noble now and uh, uh trans which hint hint is actually cheaper on barnes and noble i don't know how that worked <laughs> out but they decided to discount it so hmm. um, and, how has uh, it been received so far you got uh, a lot of people well saying so it far. um everybody who's read it has been uh, excited about the library in particular but uh, it's just so it's so new and unique and like as somebody who reads a lot of occult and magic stuff it starts getting really boring you're just like yep that's how that magic system works but yours was so like with the microfish that was the most refreshing (laughs) new idea with a pun that i completely zoned out on apparently person's gotten the the pun um 
And you know, like I was screaming. I got that joke. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I, I shouldn't have said it here. It's spoiling it for people. But it was a, um, and I love. I, I really wanted. I, I was really the thing I liked the best about the library. If I were there, is the 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 labyrinth, uh, literal labyrinth of 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 the stacks. The the stacks are are a literal labyrinth of of bookshelves, and you 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 work your way toward the center, and at the center is is the nothing. So yes. Oh. So you're gonna get the the people that love books, and then the people that love um, you know fantasy and the idea of wizard schools and that right. sort of thing. Well, and it's a hidden wizard school. It's mm -hmm. at an, at a, a fictional university called Moraine University, which, if you know anything about Indiana geography, you might get why I call it that. But it, it's a uh, the uh, somewhere southern Indiana is demarked by the range of hills. Uh, which are called an end moraine, geologically speaking. The, the, oh, really? The the, uh, um, the glaciers stop there, mm -hmm. and uh, that's why the rest of Indiana is flat as a pancake. Um, <laughs> really? And, Interesting. And uh, so, Moraine University is in southern Indiana, and uh, the the there is a a school of applied metaphysics, which is hidden at Moraine University, and you can only find it if you're if you're magical. And, and there are portals and hidden doors and things like that. And there are whole abandoned floors of, of like the union building that are taken over by the, by SOM, the uh, School of, um, of Applied Metaphysics. And uh, so all these secret places at a university are actually inhabited by the, the magical people. And you can't get there unless you are magical. So, um, so you could make fine. a neat game with this. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Labyrinths and... <laughs> secret yeah. doors and stuff like that that might be an interesting game system <laughs> that would be a good game system maybe yeah. ideas <laughs> ideas scribble 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 i, I totally think that <laughs> oh no that would be fun we could play test for you yeah, yeah. there we go well that would, that would be really fun i'll make it a laser <laughs> game and be easy <laughs> um but uh trans and witch no that won't work <laughs> i don't know I anyway um I, I i just uh i just had a lot of fun um coming up with i mean i do that in a lot of my books i try and find magical we find regular places that seem magical like in the the tipsy fairy tales i mostly set in, or exclusively set in indianapolis um, the the magical places there are places like the the park that's near me, Holiday Park has has, has a secret um, uh, evil witch's castle, well, not, evil fairy castle in it, evil fairy queen castle hidden in plain sight because in in Holiday Park there's an actual fake ruins. <laughs> um, they they built the ruins uh, as a feature of the park, and I figured that's gotta be, that's got to be magical. So I, I I decided there's a glamour over the whole thing that um that that's hiding a real castle oh that's cool and, oh, i um, like that idea and mm -hmm. uh, oh i don't know i found other places um in indianapolis that were i thought would be magical that the circle is a, is a focus of 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 magic that that ends up being a big deal in the third book of that series mm -hmm. so I, how did how did you two start uh doing paranormal investigations together I think thinking back, Chrissy actually trained me. Oh, did I? Were you, yeah. at, were you at the GC uh, Murphy thing? Oh man, I don't remember. But I did I, training. I, I did do the video, the 
um, slideshow type things. Yeah, yeah I because I remember you and your wife were really big into the group when I joined back in 2008. Yeah. So training, you but... had to have trained me. I, I, I do remember we did go to Mansfield Reformatory together. I don't know if you remember yeah, that. That was trip. one of the last things we did, I think, just about. Um, yeah. It wasn't the best time for me and Amy. Uh, she, uh, she had lost her uh, fanny pack full of stuff on the way there. And Oof. she thought she'd lost her wallet and her oh, no. uh, camera and her, you know, just everything. So she was in a terrible mood from, from thought, you know, we, we did end up finding it. We, 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 she, we, I think we thought it was at an Arby's and, and we called the wrong Arby's. And then later oh. on, we, we, uh, we called another one and, and they, they actually had it. The, um, uh, and so we, on the way back, we went there and got her stuff and she was happy again, but it was, it, it was, it kind of put a, it kind of put a wet blanket on on a, what should have been a fun trip and yeah. I, I still went ghost hunting but it was you know i was concerned about amy because she was upset and she didn't really yeah. want to do anything so but no uh, i can understand that's an upsetting situation to be in yeah yeah oh i'd freak out yeah i would was, freak out if i lost my camera it, yeah. it was a, well it was her wallet she was more worried about but uh mm -hmm. it, it was a super yeah. place to be <laughs> But I remember um, a few of the different, I won't call them investigations, they were more like ghost hunts, but one of the training ones I went on, I think the first one I went on, we went to a random cemetery in the middle of Indiana, outside of Lafayette, and I remember our group, were do it was the first cold spot I ever had experienced, but I also remember being circled by a pack of coyotes. <laughs> There were oh, real coyotes no. there? Yeah, we were oh. that remote in Tippecanoe County that uh, we're all just sitting there. We're doing an EVP session. We're really quiet and we hear rustling and then no. and then we hear Dinner. more and we're like, oh, 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 sh we're, we just all made a beeline for the cars because we're just like, nope, nope, we're, we're not going to be pup food tonight. No, thank you. So... You know the most yeah, they probably oh, it was it was kind of uh concerning it was terrifying and then another one was the old funeral home that was in lafayette oh I yeah i didn't go to that one we had a shower curtain open up on its own whoa wow yeah yeah this was the place that had the the owner or the renter had a skeleton dressed up that he named Lucy, which I believe I've told that story already. And we're all, it was not the biggest apartment in the world. And we're all crammed in the bathroom and the hallway <laughs> right outside of it. Comf comfortable, you know, ghost hunting. Uh -huh. it, it, I'm sure this is just bringing back memories to you. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I'm sitting, I think, on the toilet next to the shower curtain. And we had already turned off the ac and heating units because they were making sounds like just being on they were way too loud we're just sitting there doing an evp session and i don't remember the line of questioning we were doing but suddenly the shower curtain ripped open but it went away from me towards the wall whoa so um wow. and then myself and another investigator are looking around trying to figure out how that could have happened it was just one of those really flimsy plastic 
shower curtains. It wasn't even a double-sided one, but it, it, it confounded us. We couldn't figure out why that happened. So that was the only unexplained thing that happened that night though. And that's the kind of thing we, we went ghost hunting to find, you know, to yeah. that kind of experience. It was just, that happened once a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the Does weirdest thing often. that ever happened to you while doing an investigation? Oh, me? Uh, yeah. Oh, um, good question. Um, I have a funny story, but, uh, um, well, kind of funny. Um, gosh, I don't know. At, at Central State, I, I, it's not, nothing specific happened. It was, we were all in this basement area where they used to store foodstuffs for the, for the making food for the, the the inmates, not the right word, the patients, I guess. Residents. Residents, yeah, they weren't there on their own will, though, so. Um, but at one point, everybody got dizzy, you know, just like you could, you, know, you could almost see the floor making waves. And, oh, wow. uh, and a couple of people ran out right away, and the rest of us took a little longer. And then, mm-hmm. but we all cleared the room within like five minutes because nobody could stand being in there anymore and we huh. didn't have any particular reason for it we nothing showed up on on evp or video or anything later it was just we just suddenly every one of us got um you know just felt like there was a slow earthquake going on mm-hmm. and and it 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 was it, it was just really hard to express to you even as a writer uh, how that felt and it was just you know one of those things that, I didn't want to ever go back in there again. And I was, I was there for that sort of thing, you know? Wow. And, um, but it was of, like, it was like a perception thing. It just felt like yeah, it make you kind of woozy or queasy. A lot of us got, got really queasy mm-hmm. and just like, we we're like, like the rocking of a boat, but on, mm-hmm. you know, packed dirt ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Know. Wow. Yeah. That sounds um, creepy. <laughs> oh, another, yeah. I guess another one was, there were some special effects anyway. Another one that was a little bit more tangible at um, Bobby Mackey's Music World. Um, oh, yes. Hellsgate. Uh, we were down in the basement there and several things happened while we were there. And I actually, that's one I fictionalized for Road Ghost, uh, the, uh, oh. one of the places they investigate for the, the characters uh, uh, webcast in there um, was Bobby Mackey's. And uh, um these were fiction, somewhat fictionalized versions of what happened. And um, we were in, um, there was this room called the Room of Faces. And uh, yes. there's smudges on the walls that it's probably, um, probably the faces that people see are, are more likely paradelia uh, than anything. Mm-hmm. Paradelia, I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, Matrixing as they'd say, but um, yeah. your brain wants to make faces out of, out of random uh, and it happens. There's there's smudges on smudgy uh, paint, like cave or well, stone-looking paint on in my bathroom. That if I if I'm staring at it, and sometimes in the morning it'll a, a face will pop out and all that. But same kind of thing with this shadowy, you know, just smudges. And uh, um, but we were in there, and um, the uh, we decided to turn out the lights. And several things happened. The first thing that happened was I saw little squiggly lights up around the um the perimeter of the ceiling mm-hmm. that I, I 
jokingly called spermies at the time, but it was there were little squiggly white lights, and uh, um, yeah. and and I thought that I was totally cool. get why you would have called them that. I, I uh, and then two things happened at the same time. Uh, a woman who was with us uh, said, "Oh my God, I have to get out of here," and she's the one of the least, you know, it was like the most unflappable of us, you know, with like she would. She would, she would run toward almost any scary thing rather than away. She said she had to leave. And um, uh, at, it was at the same time, I had also sort of seen something in, the, in, in my mind's eye at the, in the dark. I had this sudden picture of every one of us throwing back our heads and screaming, you know, and it was oh, wow. vivid image in my head because it was completely dark in there. And so I, I just had this image of us all just and, and it was no sound. I just could picture us doing that. And, mm -hmm. uh, and at that so moment, when, when my, my friend said, I have to leave. And so we, t we turned on lights, we went outside and outside she says, I don't know if I should tell you this because you were not going to believe me. And, and uh, um, I know it's okay to tell this story because I was told it was okay to fictionalize it. But um, she, she said uh, um, that she had seen uh, uh, a, a sort of devil's face just oh. right up in front of her and she's not that you know not the type that sees the devil in Whoa. everything at all she's you know very practical pragmatic about her ghost hunting and uh so that's we had those both had a had a vision at the same time hmm. um so so we it was it, that was that was that was <laughs> the, the squiggly lights were the more tangible part of it i guess but um, yeah wow. i've encountered those before at two other locations and both of them had immense stuff happening like right after you see them like yeah. they're 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 so you've seen them too then yeah oh yeah i've seen them they've been white white in one instance and blue in another mm -hmm. and the most recent one was when i was at saddamsville rectory um it, it's the why why i was laughing over them being called spermies is because when they're glowing white and they're trailing they leave a light trail behind them it's yeah. exactly what they look like gigantic floating sperm going down the hallway yeah. it's really yeah. off-putting because you're sitting there like shadow people are walking around and then suddenly gigantic sperm are floating down the hallway and you're like <laughs> well i want to make fun of this but we also have like get out being screened by the um Ovio, ovalis in our room so oh, yeah. it's just like this is a weird juxtaposition of things happening um yeah so i always corpse candles is what they're like called in old english oh. like, yeah oh, those are corpse candles um, so whenever something really really bad's about to go oh, down wow. you'll see corpse candles they're called hitodama in japanese um, interesting onibi which literally means devil's fire so Okay, so bad like what? Oh, like that's when like you an, like, like in their case they or... no, like in their case they saw um, the double face and Chrissy okay. saw the people reacting. And in my case at Saddamsville, we got um, the something screaming at us through the speaker that wasn't a member of our party, and we saw shadow people. And then right after that, we saw the priest. And after that was the doppelganger. So when I mean okay. bad, I mean, when you're investigating a location, things go pear-shaped really quickly and panic just ensues after mm. seeing these corpse candles. Yeah, those like two. your friend having to get out of the room. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- those two instances, the getting out of the room at uh, Bobby Mackey's and the time in the at, at uh, Central State. The only times I can remember Ghost Hunters really being scared. Um, yeah. You know, you get the, the people who are new, they're for thrill-seeking, they're trying to be scared. Um, sure. Mm-hmm. But you know, having a room, room full of people who've been 100 places, uh, you know, month after month, uh, suddenly go, go, I have to leave. Uh, that mm-hmm. that's that that was mm-hmm. you know that's some real stuff at least it feels yeah. real if you know because because we we're super skeptical we look at everything and go could that be mm-hmm. like like told the story earlier about being on the stairs at Hannah House and having something whisper in my ear and I went what you know uh, you know <laughs> but uh, I wasn't scared I was just kind of got the willies when I realized that it couldn't I couldn't explain it but see that that just freaks me out just, hearing it yeah now. yeah. <laughs> So. I mean, I love our stories freak you out. They're scary. <laughs> I mean, and I'm a thrill seeker. I do like those things. Again, I know I've said it before. I don't ever want to experience the real stuff. No, thank you. Well, do you just know if I excuse mind. myself first, that means we're in trouble. Okay. That okay. Was what it was okay. Like my friend said I have to go because. She was the bravest of us, I think. You know, the least uh, likely to be, you know, scared by anything. Do you ever yeah. get desensitized to it, like seeing weird stuff happen, or is it something that makes you generally more aware of sort of the pantheon of weird things that could happen around you? Uh, I mean, the closest I could say to desensitizing is that we we often stop and think, "Can I explain that first? Uh, unless it's something just overwhelming like those those two two things I was talking about that was just you know gut reaction where you have to you know I don't know I don't have any other I've seen shadow people and thought they were kind of cool um and so I guess that was desensitized in a way Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but I was surrounded by you know 10-15 of my friends so shadow people weren't you know if I was alone in the woods and saw shadow people I would I would freak the hell out so you know (laughs) yeah but, you know with other people around that's the thing most of these ghost zones had a lot of people on them we, we, yeah. you know, by your, no one's ever by themselves so um, do you have a sensitivity as well to uh paranormal things i mean other than some gut feelings i was usually the group skeptic um uh, i got called the simon cowell of ghost photography <laughs> um and i'll tell you why the the training that cat probably saw uh, i i still have it somewhere the um I set up a tripod with a camera on it in, in my basement and I tried to recreate various uh, uh, false positives. So yes. I, you know, I, I fluffed a pillow and I took a picture and I got what dust orbs look like. And I, I sprinkled some con- uh, con- you know, quick creep mix uh, uh, to, to simulate like scuffing um, uh, in mm-hmm. basement floors kind of thing and got pretty much the same orbs. And uh, I, I had a cup mug of tea to get steam and I had incense to do smoke. And I had, I would, I put it on long exposure and moved it quickly so that the light sources would have um, streaks and all that. And it, these were sort of references so I could show people, this is not paranormal. I did this myself. Um, yeah. And, uh, um, and a lot of people got sad because their favorite uh, ghost <laughs> look just like these. And yep. uh, and, and part of it was because I, I, I got upset, not upset, but I got frustrated because I wanted to know what a, what was a good orb because people would talk about, oh, this was a, a real orb. And the, the answer for what was a good orb varied. I would get, some people would say, oh, if it has a pattern in the middle, like a face, it's a good orb. 
And other people say, no, if you can see through it at all, it's just dust. And other people said, no, it has to be behind something uh, to uh, like, I guess like that light in my window there is sort of behind mm -hmm, something. Mm -hmm. but, um, it's a reflection. It is a reflection. But, I uh, but you know, so I wanted to recreate these. I wanted, so I could tell it was a good one. It was not. So at least mm -hmm. I could rule out the 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 the. the it was super handy, and I remember watching this presentation and going, "Oh, like I had a photo that was just full of dust and freaking out when it got developed, and going, oh my god, my room is haunted.' No, really, I just needed some pledge in there. So, Jen, you're a photographer. Thoughts? Yeah, well, I'm was gonna say like the reason I go on ghost hunts is to take pictures because I like creepy pictures. If I get something on it, great. And I have orbs. Some of them you can absolutely tell that they're dust. There's one, one in particular that I would love you guys to look at. I think it's dust, but I don't know. It's Send it kind to of us like, and I'll put it up. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to have to find it because it's on hard copy. Um, Whoa. Old school. So <laughs> I like how all of us went, whoa. I know, I know. Nobody yeah. has paper stuff this, anymore. This is before I went digital. Um, mm -hmm. but I think a lot of it is people don't understand the properties of light and how mm -hmm. photography works. Mm -hmm. And I mean a reflection is very easy to tell, mainly because sometimes they're confusing. You're like, wait a minute, what am I looking at? Right. I mean, especially if it and if you really study something, you can see the direction light goes or where the light is coming from. Mm -hmm. well, so what was, what was that thing? Somebody had shown us a, a video like when they were away from home and, and oh, yeah, we looked one. it up and it was like, whoever makes those doorbells, is it called oh, yeah. door or ring or what mm -hmm. are they? It's ring. Ring. Mm -hmm. yeah. they, they actually have a thing on their website saying that it's not a ghost in your house. That's dust. Because so many people now have videos going on in their house and, and, you know, you're looking at it later and it's like got these big old orbs and stuff and, mm -hmm. or weird shadows. I kind of understand it to be like this. If this is the, the CCD that the, in your camera that takes the picture, you know, the film either one and, and I'm not gonna use that finger. Um, uh, the, this is the lens and that, that X makes the focal point of the picture or of the camera, yeah. when the flash goes off, if anything is in, in near the focal point uh, of, of the lens, it looks huge and, and mutant and, you know, and scary. And <laughs> uh -huh. that's okay. what orbs mostly are dust that are within that. So a, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of ghost hunters I knew did things like they would take, a, take their camera and, and they'd have a, um, a, a sort of a cone on it so that yeah. they get in the, in the focal length. Um, or the flash couldn't couldn't light up anything in that. Um, yeah. Some of the scarier in that range. That I, I debunked later too because um, I would do things like, where is the flash? Oh, the here's the flash. I would like put my finger over the part of the flash. It would make this gigantic shadow in in the in the image where uh -huh. a third of the image was completely covered in 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 darkness. And I'm like, uh -huh. it wasn't dark when we were there. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, I, was, I was all excited. And then later on, I went, oh. Huh? <laughs> Oh, it's interesting for the comic for our next issue of Cabinet of Curiosities. I was doing some research because, 
you know, it's about a medium. The story that I'm illustrating is about a medium in Cincinnati that was visited by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Uh, because and he was he was really into spiritualism and they said that back then a lot of people really got into it because the new photos like a lot of times had ghostly images in them and a lot of it had to do with the way the cameras were and how the processing was and so people would see stuff and they'd completely fall for it and it seems like sir arthur conan doyle really like he i i don't it's interesting that sherlock holmes is so smart and like able to think of things with logic because it sounds like anything like he believed also in those fairies like the the yeah. that were in the turn i mean oh, he'd like he, there was the nothing he didn't, yeah there was nothing that he was like wow this is real you know <laughs> uh i mean like i said he traveled to cincinnati which of course at that time was a big deal you didn't really mm -hmm. travel that much um i mean back then it would have been by boat actually i don't think you could have flown over here um and um, that was one of the things that was sort of an impetus of the spiritualism was all this new photography and how people would see like double exposures and maybe even dust and, and stuff like that and say it was proof of... Yeah, you had to have the lens open for... Like, mm -hmm. Yeah, time. or maybe the well, light... Really still, you know, for your picture. So, so or, you know, Just move a little bit, make you look like you're dead. <laughs> or even some of those, even some of those yeah, old thanks. cameras weren't that well sealed. Like, right. so light would get into it and expose the film in weird ways and stuff. It wasn't... Got a lot of leaking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm sure that there's probably a new version of that now with everybody having cell phone cameras and stuff. Although it will never explain how come no matter how many cameras people have and how good they are, Bigfoot is still a big shadow. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because trail cameras aren't in HD yet, <laughs> which is it'll not true. Some be, of them it'll are. Still be, it'll still be really shattered. Yeah. yeah. Trail cameras. That, that's a good question. Why doesn't Bigfoot show up on trail cameras? Are they that? They, they, oh, they're... that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't want to be seen. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> they, yeah, they, they can read the, the whatever radiation or, or any kind of wave that comes off of it and they can feel the electrical pulse of it i don't know <laughs> I mean, more more advanced all the time yeah wow of course when i was a bigfoot million dollar man fought a bionic bigfoot so they were mm. already high tech so. yeah go. that's true that is very true those those were the days <laughs> <laughs> when you had the when, bionic. when were you guys at mansfield i were you oh, there man. just on your own or with or were you with the something like that Group. I think that one was the 2010 trip. Yeah, it was okay. one of the last things we did, so it had to be almost had to be 20. Yeah, but you were there as the group with like equipment and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I and wonder. I wonder. I wonder if I was there at that one. Well, this one was a private one. Oh, it was private. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Sorry. Because uh, one of them, <laughs> we had a private showing of Mansfield no, 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 Reformatory. No, I did two or three go of their ghost hunts, and yeah. on one of them, a group was there with equipment recording, and it would have been kind of funny if it was you guys. <laughs> that would have been. That would have been that nice serendipitous movie moment. Yeah. We all turn yeah. to each other and look at each other and like in a meaningful <laughs> way, there? although we don't know who each yeah. other yeah. are. <laughs> 
Yeah, it, oh. it's that was not my uh, visit with uh, Igor the Bat. That was the following visit. Um, but because sure? I think I thought there was a was bat. that the was that I, it was that when I got I the mouthful of bat. The season ghost hunters shrieking from. Uh, or was that no? Wait a minute. Maybe that was no. I might be thinking of Waverly. That there was a bat at Waverly. And, there's and, a bat everywhere. Yeah, well, it was the only bat I ever encountered. But we we uh, that's not true. In the uh, in the uh, attic of Hannah House, I, I saw a baby bat. Oh, um, baby, baby bat in the cracks of the wood, and it was like, it was it was oh, cute. cute. There, but, yeah, I think cute. bats are adorable. They oh, look they like little bats. puppy dogs. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah they are yeah, cute. really cute. Yeah, one one of the trips at Mansfield, I they nicknamed the bat. I, uh, Igor. I always want to call it Igor. So, because like yeah, Manastasia or no, yeah, from, from um, Young Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Oh, well, I thought. I mean, the, there was a bat cartoon bat in, in Anastasia, and I can't remember what it was called. Petri, I think. Aww. Something like that. Anyway, um, yeah. So I was just walking through the intake, which is in the center of the building, and uh, the the bat's wing went through my mouth and. <gasps> Yeah. Oh, that, oh, did that. i not tell you that story no oh i guess not as i've told it so many times cool, i would not want a bat uh, yeah yeah I, I remember running downstairs and just opening a can of sprite and then like swishing it in my mouth and spitting it out in the uh, bathroom go and just doing that repeatedly until all of the sprite was gone because i'm like yeah. i'm gonna die of the bubonic plague now i was very certain of that driving home but no, I'm here. <laughs> Didn't get rabies. Ten years later. <laughs> anyway. Ew. Yeah. Well, we probably should wrap things up so you can do that because we still have a hometown haunt to read. Yeah. And so can you share where we can find your books, Chrissy, and people can follow you? Sure. Um, I I have a a, a WordPress web page called uh, sillyhatbooks.com. And uh, there's an about page if you want to see all my social media contact stuff on there. Um, there, uh, it has links to, there's a fiction link that shows all of the covers of my books. So you can click on one to find out more about it and find it in stores. And there's an, another for my podcast uh, called Alien Beer, um, which is named after one of my short stories. And that's also the name of my, well, my uh, one of my books, Alien Beer and other stories. Nice. Um, which is what I use as the logo for the uh, for the podcast. But the main thing I'm still doing on the pod, I, I went through, I read every one of these stories on, on the podcast. So, oops, I guess you don't have to buy this book if you want to listen to the podcast, but um, that's okay. Uh, the podcast is free. Um, I like telling my stories, so it doesn't matter. Um, and, and I have a serial, science fiction serial called The Multiverse Blues that I've been doing on there. And I'm getting close to the end of the the, it's going to be a book uh, in a few months. Uh, I, I've got most of the groundwork laid for that. I just have to finish writing it and recording it and and then get it edited and then um, put it all together. But uh, it is currently just in serial audio serial form. Oh. Um, and I've been having fun writing it. Um, gets taken. I started it almost a year ago and it's finally getting toward done. I'm putting it out every other week, so... I, I took a hiatus um, while I wrote Transwitch, actually, so um, couldn't really. I have a hard time writing two things at the same time. I, yeah. I have a 
and yeah. walk away from multiverse blues and then pick up trans witch and then i got to go now where was i and went back yeah. to multiverse blues cool. um i'm on facebook as uh e chris garrison like what i publish as and uh as, as my fate as my uh author page and i'm i'm um Wow, EC e. Garrison. I, I, I've spaced on my Twitter. EC e. Garrison on Twitter. <laughs> I, I'm on there all the time. I just don't address myself much. It's like, right, well, right. No, why would What's you? I don't know. I don't call myself. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and and I'm on Instagram. I think as E Chris Garrison. I, I, those are links are all on my on my Silly Hat Books page, though. Yeah. Um, and I I, uh, I like uh, I don't know. Most of the free stuffs on on my podcast, though. Okay. Um, Okay. You can get to hear me uh, read the stories, and I'm not not the best uh, reader, you know, a, a voice talent in the world, but I'm I'm working on it. I I had to get over not liking my voice all that much. Um, yeah, and, and I'm I'm getting much better at Audacity for editing out the uh, the audio. So, yeah, oh, well, you have. I think a we very all understand voice. that one. Yeah, yeah, you have a very calming voice. <laughs> and, and i love audiobooks that's how i actually don't read a lot of stuff um as far as like in book form anymore I, while i'm painting or working i usually listen to audiobooks yeah same here yeah. i've got a year of years worth of podcasts uh, that are just fiction if you want oh, to have to listen to some of them most of them are yeah. sweet. Most, there are a lot of them that are five minutes because a lot of it is flash fiction um mm -hmm. and uh, but uh, the the chapters from the multiverse blues are about 15 minutes 15 did you say minutes. flash or slash flash they're, they're okay i was like wow she said a slash so i was envisioning something totally different there for a second i mean they're like, oh christina <laughs> i know oh i know i know a lot of them end up being like, what's on your mind a, a lot of them like end up being uh, two, two pages long oh neat, oh that's neat. nice oh, okay yeah i had we're... this i was on a site called the iron writer for a while where we had weekly competitions of of putting mm. doing um I wasn't I didn't do it every week but uh the the there were people doing it every week where they would get four elements to incorporate into a story they had four days to write it and they could do it in 500 words it had to be exactly oh, wow. 500 we're very close to 500 words wow. you could do within five percent over or under I made mine is exactly 500 words each time because uh because I misunderstood the first time and after that it became a thing I had <laughs> to, I would add and subtract <laughs> words just to get it exactly 500 um oh. there's a hundred word one like that, that that's a like a form i can't i can't huh. do word stories very well but um the 500 word ones take like are like five minute podcasts and the the chapter ones are more like a couple thousand words so they're they're 15 20 minutes so well, i think that's that's one thing about science fiction is one of the few genres where the short story is a big deal it seems mm -hmm. like very a few other genres now appreciate short fiction anymore um i mean it used to be a huge uh, function like in periodicals and the new yorker still has short fiction but you know you don't see a lot of collections published of it like I, i've talked mm -hmm. to a bunch of people that want to publish like ya short stories and no editor ever wants to do it and i don't know why because i think kids would like short stories or would like to read short fiction but it I seems like science fiction would be good yeah uh, it seems like yeah Science fiction is the only place where they actually publish these types of collections. I think those stories are probably more character driven and, mm -hmm. and it's hard to get really invested in a, in a character in 500 words or, you know, a thousand words. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some great, I just listened to a, um, 
uh, we listen to a lot of audiobooks when we take road trips too, and we have a collection of short fiction that John Scalzi wrote, oh, and like I mean his stuff is just so wonderful. Uh, yeah, they actually animated some of it. So if you watch, what is it? Love and Death plus Robots is that the name of the thing? Oh yeah, Love and oh. Death and Robots. Yeah, and he did the one about the yogurt that takes over the world. That's. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a short story that's probably like two or three pages, and they ended up animating it. And I suppose I shouldn't say too much because it would be a spoiler alert. They spare. Yeah, I haven't watched this one. Um, <laughs> I guess I gotta go do that now. Yeah, I mean that's a great. I, actually, his stuff in that in that um, animated collection is some of the better stuff. Oh wow! Um, Love plus. Love, Death, and Robots, he says. Okay. It was on uh, Netflix, and you can see animated mm-hmm. stuff, but the, the collection of his short fiction um, is called Mini Something. I think it's on Audible and read by a bunch mm-hmm. of different celebrity um, readers. Like he gets, now he gets like these really. Zachary Quinto read, read a couple of his stories. Um, Will Wheaton reads a lot of Scalzi's stuff. Um, you know, I mean, obviously a huge fan because we read a lot of his stuff. <laughs> He's also fun to follow on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've mostly read his, his like essays and things. He's very funny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot of stuff about writing that's good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think he actually used to be president of the Science Fiction Writers Association. Or I think you're right. Like oh wow. That. You mm-hmm. know, um, you know, speaking about you know, sort of the to- the topic of of where you wrote your story, kind of as a answer to. Uh, you know Harry Potter, and and the, the author, sorry, I, I was I, I was going to say the author who should not be named. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was about to say um, a series that should not be named. Bleep that! But... Bleep that in editing. I can bleep it out. I can bleep it out in editing. Um, Please put a cat meow in. <laughs> meow would be better. I'll I'll squeeze my cats till they make one. No, don't, uh, no, don't, don't hurt the cats. Oh, it would not probably require much hurting of them. Our cat maybe just talk. Um, but, uh, but one thing that I think the, the science fiction writing community is they've really tried to be a lot more inclusive, um, you know, as far as like Hugo's and Nebula's and, and selecting pieces of fiction to get awards and stuff. I think that they've worked really hard to make it a diverse playing field. I don't know how you feel about that, Christine. Um, diversity is good. (laughs) But but I think they've made more of an effort than a lot of. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, um, well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> well, I mean, nothing's going to be perfect, um, no. you know, uh, and and it as is as long as no one's specifically excluded. You know, that's what that's what really got me to write my thing because I was, you know, feeling like. Oh yes, we, we love we love uh, all kinds of diversity, and, and and this character was actually gay, even though we never had anything in, that indicate that in the book. But um, you know, it's kind of kind of signaling. But you know, it's um, but that's okay, I suppose. But but saying everybody bought you is <laughs> is yeah. not cool. So yeah. that's what kind of kind of spurred me to write my thing. So it, it was out of spite, but it turned into something more. Uh, more positive so uh-huh. but in a way that's kind of an exciting uh um way to deal with that frustration you know in, in a creative and positive way you know mm-hmm. and make something even more interesting 
I'm glad it turned out that way. I don't, if I, my initial one was going to be mean and I don't, I don't like being mean. And at the mm -hmm. time I felt I was mad. So I felt mean, but I, at the, at the time that I first proposed it and I was making kind of a parody. Um, but uh, I don't know. I mean, then there was, I don't know if you should mention him, but the, um, uh, what's his name? Um, he does all the terrible uh, porn, uh, fake porn um, with dinosaurs and motorcycles. Um, Chuck well, Tingle. Sounds... Chuck Tingle, you know who he is? Uh, uh, I, uh, <laughs> no, but. He does ridiculous, uh... outrageous, stupid things. And it's on purpose. Sounds entertaining. And it's nobody's really sure if he's one person or a group or an artificial intelligence or something, but he turns these books out and they're all just, I guess, hilarious. I, I, he did one that was, that was a, Oh, I have heard of them. After, after I made my joke on, on Facebook, he came out with one called like Harriet Porber, uh, transgender wizard or witch or something like that. And, uh, with a bunch of other things in the title that were more porny and, uh, um, I'll admit I bought it just to see, and it was, well, it was not, it was not as funny as I thought. It was, it wasn't bad. No. It was just, it just, it, it was weirdly slow paced for something that got, had to have been churned out in like a couple of months at most. And, mm -hmm. uh, um, and it was meant to be a lampoon, but um, I think he, they, when he was writing, he took it a little too seriously. It just wasn't all that, you know, it wasn't really especially funny, but, and it wasn't mm -hmm. bad. It wasn't mean. It wasn't mean toward it was certainly supportive of, of, of trans people, but it was um, it, it just treated it in a weird way. And um, it was meant, the title was meant to be sensationalist and to tick off that that particular author that that they were parodying. But, um, and I started off with mine with that intent, but I, when I got to writing it, I cared about my characters too much to make them vehicles for being mean. And, mm -hmm. you know, I just wanted, I wanted, I wanted to root for my characters and I wanted to, so, I mean, there may be a character who might be might remind you of somebody in there, but um, that's certainly totally coincidental. So um, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> it's um, not as vivid and, and mean as I wanted, I originally wanted it to be, mm -hmm. but I think I'm happier with what I came up with at the end. Well, it sounds like you got tied up in doing the story, like the story and the characters just uh, called to you so much that you sort of diverted from your original, you know, saying this is ridiculous i'm going to make fun of this too wow i kind of like these characters i'm going to make it something yeah. interesting took mm -hmm. my own stuff with the library you know the <laughs> <laughs> place yeah. i wanted to be rather than just a haha in your face you know it was a, <laughs> yeah you know it was a, it was it, it was like well this is this is kind of cool i want to so I do you think you're going to develop this concept more i don't know i i wrote it and not intending to make sequels but i've done that with two other books that became trilogies and others <laughs> a, a third um, set of two that's itching to be a trilogy as well. Um, it's not my intent to turn every book into a trilogy, but um, at least I have one standalone as uh, reality check, but that's not, even that's not really a standalone because uh, one of the, the, uh, the, the transcontinental series spun off of that. And mm -hmm. um, the, uh, um, Oh, um, the Multiverse Blues is sort of a spinoff of that. So in a way, it's a trilogy now. But uh, um, so I've got I've got an issue with threes, I guess. Um, but the um, y you know I might come back to Trans Witch. I just don't have a. It's too soon. I just wrote it. I'm. Uh, you get to a point where you know the book back and forth, and you have to walk away from it. And mm -hmm. maybe um, next year I'll 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 go. Hey, wouldn't it be cool if Lily did this? You know, or mm -hmm. you know the. Um, 
and and I'll uh, and then I'll get all caught up with like, okay, I have to write this. But at, at the moment, I, I, have my, I have no idea where I would take it because I kind of blew things up at the end in a way. No spoilers, but I, 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 I'm not sure how I would. It would be a totally different book, a different premise in a way. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, but maybe there's well, a place I'm... for your library. Oh, the library will still be there. It's just that the so a lot of the secrets get exposed. So this, you know, it's the College of Secrets. This, uh, so mm -hmm. the, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, things come out that would change the nature of the place. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, and the people. So I, I'd have to think. You know, the other books kind of left room for sequeling. This one, in theory, I mean, I could. There's the the people. There's perfectly good characters that could do other things. I just don't know what they would do because mm -hmm. the, the big point of this one's resolved so um, maybe maybe i'll come up with something else that would be you know the my it, since it would be the second of three because i can't write just two it would i'd have to think <laughs> of the empire strikes back of of uh you know yeah trans well. to the 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 wizard strike back you know <laughs> oh no i'm kidding <laughs> Well, on that note, I'm sure we'll have you on again, especially for all of your future books. So I'm okay. looking forward to them. That'd be, that'd be great. Um, I, I, I won't have any new ghost hunting stories, probably, because it's been a few years since yeah. that. But I've, I've got plenty that I didn't tell tonight. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We'd love to have you back, Chrissy. This has been really fun. I just don't want to take up all your evening. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Thanks yeah. for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. it yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah. yeah. It was really nice to meet you. Yeah, great to hearing your stories. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we have a wonderful hometown haunt that's submitted to us by one of our listeners. And this is exciting because it is a follow-up to our story about two weeks ago about Kings Island. And our listener has requested to remain anonymous, but this is what they wrote. Hello. I recently listened to your podcast about Kings Island. I actually work there and I have a few different ghosts that I would, that I have seen or some of my coworkers have seen. Uh, Kings Island theater has a few different spirits in the upstairs costume shop. There is a spirit that takes on the form of people, but when you look at its face, it's dark. I have been told that it is called a shapeshifter and is an evil spirit. In the lobby of the kit, the King's Island Theater, I have witnessed this. There is a little boy that during shows, when we close the doors and turn off the lobby lights and walk to the end of the lobby, he will shake all the door handles. Then when we open the door to look outside, there would be no one there. There's also a dark figure that sometimes see up in the light booth and catwalk. In the old 4D theater, me and some of my coworkers have seen dark figures in the projector room. I don't know if this is a spirit, but it's kind of weird. In the old Carnival build, which has now been turned into a peanut showplace, when we are playing music, the Carnival music will sometimes play under whatever is playing in the peanut showcase. Also, this sound system that they use for Carnival isn't even in the building anymore. I really enjoyed listening to your, sto your stories about Kings Island, and I thought you might like to hear about some of mine. Thank you. That was a wonderful email. And if you would like to send us your own hometown haunts, uh, you can send them to hometownhauntedmail at gmail.com. Thoughts? 
Uh, that was really i'm so glad that person wrote and i hope other people will uh write about their hauntings we've got a couple other hauntings in the pipeline we're going to talk about too um, yeah that are really spooky yeah um, i love theaters and i love theater haunts they're my favorites it seems yeah. like there's a lot of and we've had some hometown haunts that were in theaters before i wonder if it has to do with there's something about the energy a theater creates that causes there to be you know perhaps maybe even the act of theater makes you more heightened to them like sensitivity. well have you ever met a theater major they're so dedicated to their craft like so like the most dedicated people i've ever talked to and enthusiastic about everything oh, totally. and they love their theater and they uh, if you're a local you're living in the theater you're constantly going there for different practices or just performances there's just a lot so, of drama inside and out yeah I mean. yeah basically so yes we are recording this on women's day which is march 8th but when this comes out it will be march 10th and there's one very big anniversary that happens the day after which is march 11th and this is i think more of a me thing and less of a all of you thing but this is remembering the great tohoku earthquake and tsunami and uh or the higashi nihon daishinsai so um as many of us know on march 11th 2011 we had um or japan had the large tohoku earthquake that shook the northeast part of the island um it, it ended up stealing 15,889 people and 2,529 are still missing. The reason why I bring this up is we are the Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities and Cincinnati has a very long and deep history with Japanese exchange to the surprise of a lot of people. Um, we, uh, President Taft was a friend of Emperor Meiji who is, is the great, great, grandfather now of uh, the current emperor and a lot of our cherry trees and um, plants that were that are in our parks were donated by the country of Japan back at the turn of the century so uh, we actually have a sister city with Gifu city Gifu prefecture and we usually outside of normal parameter like outside the pandemic we usually host about 30 to 40 students every year from Japan they're from Gifu, but um, I've also been to Sendai that has been affected by the Tohoku earthquake. But we also have a lot of families that have direct ties to Miyagi Prefecture, in particular to Ishinomaki, um, Ishinomaki City. And Ishinomaki City saw some of the worst of the tsunami. Um, what I do want to say is we pay our respects to the families of... Um, Ishinomaki and Okawa Elementary School, who lost 78 of their 108 students and nine of their 13 teachers that day. Sorry. This is a really bummer note. I'm sorry, everyone. And Ishinomaki also had the American teacher, Allison Taylor, or Taylor, sorry, the American teacher, Taylor Anderson, who I didn't know personally, but we walked very similar paths. We were both Japanese linguistics uh, students. She ended up going to Japan when I did not, and she was living in Ishinomaki when the earthquake happened, and she lost her life, saving all of her students. And um, the library that's in the 
uh, school where she taught is actually now dedicated to her and has its own little area. So um, sometime in the future, we will have uh, representatives for the Ishinomaki Playground Project, which I help fundraise for, and also the Gifu Sister City, because it's an interesting history that we have with Japan. But the Ishinomaki Playground Project actually raised funds to rebuild a playground around Okawa Elementary School. So um, I did want to mention this just before the anniversary. It's a big day, especially for a lot of us that have so much um, of such a deep relationship with Japan. It, it's, it affected a lot of us. Um, I had friends that lost family there, uh, didn't see family for days. But um, I did want to say um, we remember everyone. We send prayers to you and your family, and um, I, I don't know what else to say other than it's a tragic loss for everyone. So I guess I'm going to close it on this sad note. <laughs> so thank you for listening to the Cincinnati Cabinet of Curiosities. Um, uh, cap, yeah, Cabinet of Curiosities. Sorry, I'm all jarbled now. Um, hometown haunts podcast i'm your host cat cloco with me is jen kohler and christina wald and our great guest guest has been my microphone and chrissy garrison and we will see you next week thank you stay curious <laughs>